The first word from the cross is found in Luke chapter 23, verse 34, where Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I would ask right now that you'd forgive me and cleanse me of any sin and that you'd fill me with your spirit, that you'd speak through me to your people. And we as your people, we wouldn't just be hearers of your word, but we would be doers of it. And you wouldn't just stir us, but that you would change us. For Lord, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We'll pick up the story in Luke chapter 23. Jesus has been arrested and he's been up all night long. The religious leaders have taken him through six mock trials. Three of them were Roman and three of them were religious. However, none of them was legal because they were, it was illegal to try anybody at night. Jesus was not only tried illegally, but they beat him. They whipped him 39 times. They punched him in the face, pulled out his beard, spit upon him, put a crown of thorns on his head, and then made him walk his cross up to the hill of Golgotha. But halfway, he was exhausted. So they pulled a man out of the crowd and had that man carry Jesus' cross up to the hill where Jesus Christ was going to be crucified. And the Roman soldiers, they stretched out the Lord Jesus and they nailed him to the cross. Then they folded his legs and they took a much significant nail and they drove it through his feet and pinned him there. Then they hoisted that cross up into the air, dropped it in a hole, secured it. And then the Lord Jesus Christ said from verse 34, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. The word used here, Jesus said, the word said in the Greek, literally means to express a continuous, repeated action. In other words, the Lord Jesus Christ continued to say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father, forgive them. He just continued. He was praying. He was praying to his Father, and he used the word forgive The word forgive in the Greek is literally a banking term. It literally means this. It means to cancel someone's debt, to pardon someone of a loan. So what Jesus was saying from the cross was this, Father, Father, release them. Let them go, Father. Father, do not hold them accountable. Father, cancel the debt so they never have to pay. I love what Phil Yancey said about this word in one of his books. He said, forgive contains the word give. In order for you to forgive, you have to bring your will. You have to choose. You have to give forgiveness. To forgive is to cancel the debt of someone so they never have to pay us back for what they have done to us. So how did the people respond when the Lord Jesus Christ was praying, Forgive them. Verse 35, the people stood watching and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others. Let him save himself if he's God's Messiah, the chosen one. Imagine the rulers sneering when someone's saying, forgive them. Verse 36, the soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine and vinegar and said, if you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. Meanwhile, Jesus continued to pray. 
Father, forgive them. Then in verse verse 39, it says, One of the criminals hung there, hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. Jesus just continued to say, Father, forgive them. Jesus had no intention of coming down from the cross. He was there to save all of mankind. He was there to save them, and he was there to save all of us. He was there to save you. He was there to save me. Had no intention of coming down from the cross. Father, forgive them. Do you know what's amazing to me? As he continued to pray that, they continued to hurl insults, mock him, ridicule him. They were doing the very worst they could do to Jesus. But Jesus continued to give them his very best. Let me stop for a moment right here and ask this question to those of us who are believers. Those of us who follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Do we treat our enemies like Jesus treats His enemies? Do we pray for our enemies? Do we pray for those who have hurt us, those who have mocked us, insulted us, ridiculed us? Or do we hold back anger or hold anger towards? Do we resent? Are we bitter? Do we retaliate? I know that all of us need forgiveness, but we also need to forgive those who have wronged us. Why? Because Jesus commanded us to. He said, forgive as you've been forgiven. We say a prayer here almost every Sunday, if not every Sunday. The Lord's Prayer. And in that prayer it says, forgive me of my trespasses as I forgive those who have trespassed against me. Jesus not only spoke the truth, he modeled it. He modeled what it means to forgive even your enemies. You know, I've been a pastor for a long time, and I've heard many people talk about holidays. They talk about Christmas and Thanksgiving and Easter. They talk about how it's hard because of what things have been said in the family. Things that have been said to each other, how they've been hurt or they've hurt someone else. And it's really a hard time because there's unforgiveness. Are you praying this Easter for those that you've hurt? Or have hurt you? Can you stand before the Lord Jesus Christ and say to him that you're doing everything you can, everything you can to forgive? Or asked that one to forgive you? There were two that day that were present when Jesus Christ was being crucified. They mocked and they ridiculed, but then they believed. One was a criminal. Pastor Barry's going to come in a few moments right after I get done preaching. and So I don't want to take any of his thunder, so I'm going to leave that one alone. But then there was a second person found in the scriptures, the centurion. The centurion was the Roman soldier who had the responsibility to crucify these three men, the two criminals and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the centurion was a hard man, had a hard job. His job was to crucify the enemies of the state. So he was just doing his job. He was totally indifferent towards these three men. But 
in Mark chapter, chapter 15, verse 39, it says this. And when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus saw how he died, he said, surely this man was a son of God. What changed that man's mind? What changed that man's attitude? That he would declare that Jesus Christ was the son of God. Well, it wasn't just that Jesus prayed. It was that how and what Jesus prayed. It was how Jesus prayed and what he prayed that changed this man's life. You see, the centurion had seen many die on the cross. Possibly hundreds, maybe thousands of people. That was his job. But he'd seen how men respond when they're on a cross. They curse. They curse anybody and everything. They curse their mothers, their fathers. They curse the day they were born. They scream. They cry. They pray that they would die. They pray that that somehow they would just be released. They blaspheme. But the centurion never heard anybody ever pray for those who were crucifying them. He never heard that. Never seen that before. And he saw as the people mocked the Lord Jesus, he continued to say, Father, forgive them. And he knew that he was saying that to him who was responsible to crucify him. You know, I looked up what the Roman historians and philosophers had to say about the way people died through crucifixion. This is what I found. I found from the historian Seneca that those who were being crucified would normally curse everybody, even their mothers and fathers. They would even curse the day that they were born. Then I read from the Roman philosopher Cicero that the executioners would sometimes cut out the tongues of the criminals so that the soldiers would not have to listen to their screaming and cursing. What changed the centurion from being one who was mocking the Lord Jesus Christ to becoming a believer was Jesus' character. It was who he was that transformed this man. That he declared, this man, this one, is the Son of God. You know, Jesus Christ is the same today as he was then. And what Jesus offers from the cross, he still offers today. There is no one so good that they can save themselves. And there's no one so bad that Jesus Christ can't forgive them. That's what that centurion learned that day, that he could be forgiven. Do not walk out of here today carrying any guilt, shame, or uncertainty. Don't allow your past sins, your fear, or your secrets to hold you hostage. For the Lord Jesus Christ from the cross is saying to everyone here and those who are listening, forgive them. You can know today that you're forgiven. You, know, you can know today that you have a relationship with the living God. You can know today that heaven is your home. You can know today that you are not just a creation of God's, but you are a child of the living God. If you'd like to know that, then pray this prayer with me. Pray this prayer that we've we've given to you. O merciful God, grant me yet again your forgiveness. Forgive and cleanse me 
from my sins and blot them out of the book of your remembrance. Oh, God, do this. Give me faith so that I lay hold of your own holiness. So to rejoice in the righteousness of Christ, my Savior, that resting on his merits rather than on my, on my own, I may more and more become conformed to his likeness, my will becoming one with his will in obedience to your will. All this I ask for in his holy name, his holy name's sake, in Jesus' name, amen.